as soon as guys get in a room and we're all talking, if it gets serious, there is a quick tendency. As soon as it gets serious, I'm going to make a joke and kind of like lighten the mood because <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Yep. It's just hard to take that step and lean in. Welcome, everyone, to another special episode of the Alongside Podcast, which is a production of Heritage Baptist Church. The purpose of this podcast is to come alongside followers of Christ in order to have thoughtful conversations about the gospel culture and the church. I'm your host, Mike Crump, and on today's podcast, I'm joined by Dave Ashburn and Isaiah Griffith, Two guys who I'm grateful to serve alongside and two guys who are currently preparing for an exciting men's event that is on the horizon. But uh, we'll have more on that later. The main reason these two guys are here is to talk about men and leadership. Dave and Isaiah, welcome once again to Alongside. Hey. Yeah, thanks so much, Mike. Yeah, yeah. So excited to have you. Now, Dave, we recently had you on with uh, with Joshua and talking about your new role here on staff as the adult ministries director. How are things going so far? Going going great. We're uh, I'm, I'm getting up to speed with Isaiah. Isaiah <laughs> runs at a pretty fast pace. Yeah, but literally uh, and figuratively. Right? Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. and uh, and so it's a full calendar of collaboration with Isaiah, but it's been really good for us to uh, be able to kind of get some things done that maybe we've we've both talked about for a long time. But yes. Very nice. Very nice. He used to hang out with me all day. This is great. Well, you know, that's just it. I mean, we can take Isaiah in small chunks around the office, <laughs> mm. but you I mean you have to take take him in large portions. So uh, we've been praying for you a lot. Yeah, he uh, basically sets up residence in my office for, for most of the day. <laughs> he kicks me out every now and then. <laughs> well, yeah. very nice. Very nice. Now, Isaiah, how has it been for you, you know, uh, in this transitional period and everything going well? Man, it's so good. It is so good. We've been Excellent. working for a month. I got 71 days left on staff. And, man, God has been very, very good. I'm very excited for the future of adult ministries and uh, men's ministry, as we will talk about more today. That's exciting. And uh, I don't know if you know this, Isaiah, but you and Jeremiah, your podcast is still the number one podcast. No for way. Alongside. It is. Wow. It is. Last I saw, it had a 103 uh, listens compared to you know a lot of the others. Now, Dave, you and Joshua, and the one that you guys did is slowly climbing. Oh but, no! Uh, Let's go. We'll, we're coming. We're yeah. coming after the title. <laughs> I guess I got the the face for podcasts. So. That's it. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. Well, we are talking about men and leadership today, and uh, wanted to kind of lead this discussion as we really kind of talk about this men's event that's going to be coming up. And we're again, we're going to have details on this event and very excited about it. We have a guest speaker, yeah. some great activities and things that are possible there. But why talk about leadership with men? Why is why is leadership even important? Mike, I'm um, pretty convinced of the fact that whether we want it or not, men have a responsibility to be leaders in some venue or another. Mm -hmm. So we find ourselves um, in maybe leadership positions in our job, and that's where we jump to the the quickest to think about. And, and sometimes we even say, "I'm not, I'm not there. That's not me. Yeah. That's not my role." And so we we push back against that kind of role. But what we overlook sometimes is the is the leadership responsibilities that are inherent in so many other areas. So we've got family leadership responsibilities mm -hmm. and we and we can't that's not one where we can push back and say that's not that's not, that's not really me so le leadership's more than just the ceo 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so it, it's really taking responsibility where God has put that upon you. So so stepping into it and owning those positions that, that God has put on you in family roles, in community, in the church, um, and, it, and it doesn't just reside in an office space yeah. or a workplace. Yeah. Well, that, that's good. That's good that, the, you know, these boundaries are not just relegated to work environments. And I think you make a valid point where as guys, we tend to think in those spheres just because we are very work based. Mm-hmm. I think our identity sometimes gets wrapped up in that, you know, our, our you know, who we are um, as, as men. What other things do we get wrong about leadership? Do you think when, when I think about leadership, I, I think of several things that we can sometimes get off kilter. What other things do we think wrongly about when it comes to leadership? Yeah, just a thought. When I hear leadership, especially nowadays where leadership has become, uh, I just see it everywhere in leadership books and ideas and thoughts, which is valuable. But you think of the guy up front who's leading the charge and has the immense bravery and prowess. Mm -hmm. uh, But that's not leadership as we're seeing it. It's mandated at the beginning from God to man that he is to have dominion and he is to lead and that happens moment by moment in everything uh, in everyday life mm-hmm. and so everyone just like Dave said is has that calling and uh, should be thinking intentionally about their life about their family about their personal life and so forth and realizing I have a responsibility here mm-hmm. and I need to steward that well and lead that well Amen. so leadership is more than just bossing a bunch of people around oh yeah is that, is that what you're telling me oh yeah Oh, it's not just it's not just telling other people what to do. Oh, yeah. okay. All right, man. I've been doing this wrong the whole time. No, <laughs> I, I I do think that is that is one of those things that uh, we often just kind of pigeonhole leadership into that particular point. It's like leadership is the guy who stands on stage, or the guy who stands at the top of the company, or the guy who stands even at the top of the church, and he proclaims this is what we do, and he pushes people towards that. Now, that can be an aspect of leadership, Mm. um, but that is not all that leadership is. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's, with that said, why don't we talk about, you you have some values of leadership, some biblical values. Um, What are some of these values of biblical leadership that uh, you think are of most importance for those, especially the guys who may be wondering, well, what is it to be a leader as a man? Yeah, our values for uh, leadership are really what we see to be the values for what we want to see accomplished in men's ministry even. Mm. Um, So there's there's kind of four different areas of a man's life that he should be leading in. Mm -hmm. And and part of that is leading himself. And we would summarize that by that a man must abide in Christ. Mm. Uh, That is of utmost uh, foremost importance is that you are leading yourself by abiding in Christ. Uh, You must lead your family. Mm. That is seen all through scripture, direct command from the Lord. And like I said earlier, that is the original design of God that Mm. men ought to be leading their families well. And that's not easy. Um, And then, and you should be leading in your community. But the way we would say that is you ought to be pursuing biblical community. It is an intentional thing, moment by moment, day by day. It ebbs and it flows, but you should be pursuing that biblical community Mm -hmm. as men and leading in that way. 
and uh, modeling that for others around you. And then the last one is um, you ought to be embracing the mission uh, that God has given you. So you should be leading in that area as well. So in quick, abide in Christ, lead your family, pursue biblical community and embrace the mission. That's how we, uh, the values that we see in men's ministry and that we also see in leadership as well. And Dave, I'm curious your thoughts of um, any of that. Yeah, I think um, the first the first one, abide in Christ, sometimes we, we overlook taking care of ourselves, and so, because it seems it seems self-centered self-interest only to to say it in that in those terms we we really want to um to think through the idea of of our own um our ability to lead others really should flow out of our own walk with jesus Mm -hmm. and so so we need to abide in christ and that's where we find a balance in rest Mm. and work and it's it's where we find fulfillment in, you know, that we bear fruit because we abide in Christ. And so um, that's one of the ones that we just, you've got to be in the right place with your relationship with Jesus before you can take some of these other leadership roles. And I think, I think we mix that up sometimes yeah. that where we can get task oriented or um, we want to see results. And so we then start moving mm. We, we want to embrace the mission. That kind of speaks to yeah. the soul of a man, yeah. right? But to get there, we kind of need to do some of this other um, mm-hmm. groundwork. So, so we, we, we flip this upside down a lot of times yeah. because we, you're right. I think we do as men. We, we love the vision, the mission. We, we, we want to get out there into the battle. And so kind of in our own flesh, in our own power, which is very limited mm-hmm. um, and is very broken, we charge forward. Right, you know, and uh, and like Peter, we proclaim to Christ that you know I will never leave you, you know, and right. uh, but then we wear out and we fall short, and, yeah, and uh, and we find ourselves. I, I know in my life over time and time again, just man, God, what have I done, you mm-hmm. know? Um, when you're right, abiding in Christ. So so let's let's just tease that just real quick because I think the word abide we use a lot, mm-hmm. but. What does it really mean to abide in Christ? I mean, from a practical standpoint, you mentioned a couple things, rest, and that's a good thing. But to abide in Christ, what does that mean for the guy who's working nine to five and trying to find time with his family? And how do I do that? Yeah. I know that's a loaded question, but I know there's a lot of guys going, what? But it's simple at the same time. Yeah. Remaining in God, um, able to just remain with him, take the margin to actually spend with the God. And then like Noah, I was just reading this this morning in Genesis six, Noah walked with God. Mm. Now I know that's ancient Near East, uh, totally far. I mean, the guy lived like 600 years, but it said that he walked with God. Mm. I don't know what that looked like at that period of time, but it gives off the imagery of you are just step by step mm. with God throughout your day. So as you're going through the chaos of the task list, going through the chaos of the workplace, the chaos of the screaming kids, <laughs> uh, walking with God because you've you spent the time to remain with him and he's with you through the day. Mm. It's my initial thought. 
Yeah, the other day I, I heard Isaiah put um, interaction with Scripture and prayer in terms of inhaling the Word of God and exhaling in prayer, mm. that there's this life-giving um, interaction with with God's Word, what He's given us to hear from Him and then our response to Him in prayer and worship. Yeah. Mm. And, and so, you know, even making sure that we are independently interacting with God in that kind of way, yeah. um, I think is really important too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a shout out to George Mueller. Yeah. No. And I, I think that's important. It's that intentional step towards the Lord yeah. in, in seeking him. And, and God is so gracious that he meets us in those, in that chaos yeah. and he, you know, abide in me and I will also abide in you. He, he comes and meets us in that place mm-hmm. and you will bear much fruit. And, and I love there in John 15 that it's it's not just so that you can accomplish tasks. It's so that your joy may be complete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that is what Christ offers us. But how often we, again, flip that upside down. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's abiding in Christ. Let's look at that next one, that leading your family. I think this is another one of those that how do we do this? Um, I'm, I'm thankful for what we have with the Pathway of Family Discipleship that we have going on right now. A little shout out to that. If you are interested in mm. kind of going deeper in what it means to disciple your family, mm. you can find out details online on the hub here at Heritage. But how do we do this? Just a brief thing. Um, as, a fa- as a father, well, what, how do I lead my family? That's a, that's a big, it seems like overwhelming. It does. Yeah. I feel that pressure a lot. I've got three kids and, um, and so finding that balance is something that I, I feel, uh, I feel the pressure of, mm-hmm. uh, on a, on a number of days. <laughs> yeah. So I think for me, um, that leading the family is what, it's what pushes me to not check out when I am with them. Mm-hmm. So it's, really tempting to you know come home after work and find my my peace and my rest away mm-hmm. from um the chaos that you know you might step into in um in the home and instead engaging mm-hmm. with my wife and my kids that I'm pursuing them mm-hmm. and but also then speaking these truths of God that I that come from abiding in Christ that these conversations are normalized mm-hmm. in our in our daily routines yeah. that it's not a it's not something that when we think of of leading in terms of of spiritual leadership it's it's not just making sure that we get to church on Sundays although that that may be a starting point and that may be where we we are right now but yeah. but we should move towards this this idea that that conversations about Jesus and wh- and what he's doing in our lives and how he's pushing us towards the mission mm-hmm. as a family that these conversations are normalized yep. in the home and that we're setting that example as um, as the dad as the husband yeah I, I love that idea, normalizing the, the conversations about Christ. And I think that is so, we, we love systems, right? And, and I think in our Western mindset, we, we think that we think in systems a lot of times. So like, mm-hmm. well, then I need to set aside, you know, an hour family worship and we're going to get a guitar and I've got to learn how to play and right. we're going to have a little mini church inside the house and that's how it's got to operate. And when a, a lot of times, I know in my family at least, most of the 
just beautiful times of family leading my family have been in organic conversations that have happened yeah. with my children or with my wife. Right. Um, and God, the really spirit led conversations that have come about. Um, even just recently, my daughter, who is turning 18 this year, she's heading to college. You know, we, we had a conversation about social media and about mm. maybe it's time for her to allow her access to, you know, these things. But then we talk about that from well, when that happens, how do you access, how do you use it in a way that glorifies God? Right. So, again, you're framing it around how do I glorify God in this thing? Mm-hmm. And so those conversations happen as you go about your day. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, just a thought to give. I'm married about a year and a half in, and we have no children, but I still have that same responsibility Mm -hmm. to lead our family as Mariah and I. And that comes from, just like you're discussing here, it's just the intentionality of what you do. And it is conversation through the day, but you're you're thinking uh, intentionally about how are we spending our time? Are we... Even the even the discipline of, am I praying at night with her mm. in the morning? Are we reading together these things of the ebbs and flows? But are you being intentional even when you're exhausted? Mm. Uh, and yeah, last night I fell asleep mid conversation, <laughs> uh, so it doesn't always work out that way. But the intentionality behind am, am I leading in that way well? Um, are, are we cherishing Christ well in that? Um, and and to, there's a value that is communicated in the uh, intentionality of those yeah. moments. And it's okay to be imperfect in this <laughs> yeah. because we're yeah. all broken. Right. Yeah. And and one, th- one more thing to add to that, and, and this is the whole flow of it, right? Like we talked about, it, it, as you abide in Christ, this comes a whole lot easier. Yeah. The, the thoughts and the questions and the conversation yeah. flow out of you. You're not mustering something yeah. up. It's because you've spent the proper time to remain yeah. with the Lord that well, it flows out. That trajectory of your heart changes. Yeah. You desire the things of God. Yeah. And so therefore they come out into your family life. Yeah. And, and this could go so many ways, but if that wasn't modeled for you growing up, um, I just sympathize mm. with you in that uh, it's difficult to know how to lead when you never saw it done. Mm. And, but it's been so rich being among the church family to be into homes where they did lead well mm. and it, it is striking and compelling that man i want to do that because that is beautiful yeah. so i sympathize and also just encourage go spend time with godly people who lead their families and that brings us to that next point yeah. that you brought up which is the pursue biblical community that mm. was a really good segue by the way <laughs> yeah excellent job no, there no, isaiah before we uh grab a hold of that segue can i just can I address also the the person who may not be in like the traditional family or what they wish yeah. their family yeah. would look like yeah. in the future? Um, as as somebody who um, is single, I, I'm not currently, but was you know single till I was 32, and you know saw some saw some of that period of time where you you think okay. I'm, I'll be able to turn on the switch to do those things when the family is present, maybe putting into practice some of those things now as you anticipate where mm-hmm. God might take you in a family kind of sense. And that that family, what we're speaking of is, you know, the, the traditional 
family unit, but but there may be ways that this plays out in um, in you taking some responsibility for uh, other relationships that are your de facto family yeah. now, and um, but also that you don't miss the chance to to train yourself up in these yeah. godly practices. Yeah, you know that that you are learning biblical stewardship now mm. as a single person who has maybe a little more flexibility with finances and and that this is a great time to mm-hmm. put into practice some of those um, structures yeah. that would allow you to be able to do that well then with a family or that um, the abiding in Christ that should flow into leading a family, those practices are now and so that your conversations among coworkers or among roommates or mm-hmm. among people who don't live in your home but are your community, which we are going to spill into in just a second, um, that those conversations are normalized now in a in a larger, broader spectrum yeah. than just that family unit that we speak of. So yeah. it's it's not a point to check out on if if that family isn't what you wish it was or anticipate it being in the future. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's a great point. Great point, Dave. Well, speaking of community, um, I think community is one of those things that pursuing it can be difficult at times mm. and maybe it's just me but I, I it seems that guys have a harder time connecting into community yeah um, I know personally sometimes it's just easier to be mr. independent mm-hmm. maybe a little more isolated I got this yeah I'll, I'll be okay why do you think that is what? Well, I don't know I two, several things come to mind first and then uh... I just kind of kick it off. One one thing is we want to see people pursue biblical community, and that is so necessary. A lot of folks are really looking for friends. Mm-hmm. They're looking for community in general, so they come looking for friends, which is natural. And in our world of technology and where things are more clean, you get to f- uh, not fabricate, but you be very precise in what you're posting and putting out there and so forth. When you come to the body of Christ and church, it's a little bit more rigid mm. and uh, conversation, small talk is an art. And it's and it, there's a reason you go home at the end of church and you're like, I think I'm a little tired. Yeah. Uh, so it's a little bit more rigid and it's, it's hard sometimes to step into, to take that step of, I'm just going to embrace that maybe part of this conversation will be a little rough around the edges, but the conversation is good. Connection with people is necessary. It's actually so healthy uh, to step into. So I think that's one factor of looking for friends and community in general Mm -hmm. already has a disadvantage in our technologically advanced world. So that's one part of it. Um, And another thought too is uh, as soon as guys get in a room, and we're all talking, if it gets serious, there is a quick tendency, as soon as it gets serious, I'm gonna make a joke and kind of like lighten the mood. <laughs> Cause it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's just hard to take that step and lean in. Yeah. And in fact, uh, it uh, it's so necessary and needed, um, but it is natural to, okay, I'm gonna switch and lighten and make it, uh, because I don't want to be 
exposed at all. I don't want yeah. to to show uh, maybe my true colors right away, which, yeah. yeah, I totally get that. But I think that that's another thing that's natural within men yeah. uh, that happens so often. Yeah, to, to be fully known yeah. is a scary thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and who can I trust? I think that that becomes part of that equation is like, can I trust these guys? Do they really have my back or are they going to turn on me? Um, probably best that I just keep all this close to the chest. Yeah, and and there's this uh, uh, part where there's a lot of folks that know a lot about everyone. Yeah, <laughs> like I, they know all the facts about uh, each and every person, and to a degree, I'm, I'm like, man, that person really uh, is engaged at this church or in this community. They really know what's going on, um, but it can be a cloak. Mm from actually being known and uh, just having the ideas and the, the knowledge uh, might be a cloak of, yeah. are they really known? Yeah. I think Matt Chandler put it one way. He said, uh, to be 99% known is to be unknown. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always found that to be kind of challenging because the, the question is, are there men in my life who know me 100% and who can speak into my life and who I can be honest with 100%. Mm. And that's a hard question. That, that's yeah. a very hard question. Yeah. But it's needed because we need that. We need that iron sharpening iron, that community. It, it's so good for us. Yeah. So good. We, uh, we labeled it pursue biblical community because of the intentionality that we think it yeah. requires. Mm. That it's not just enough to, to try to, to be present in community, but to actually chase after that mm-hmm. and and look for those opportunities it it changes our um our perspective when we enter into say a discipleship community here at heritage and instead of just being in the room and maybe feeling like that checks the box of community it's engaging with somebody and allowing those guards to come down those face masks to come off mm-hmm. and and vulnerability to to set in and that's that is an uncomfortable place for us, but um, but I think it's it's a, a mark of being able to um, to grow in godliness to understand that it's it's so much um, is dependent on the relationships that we have around us to to build each other up in godliness, mm-hmm. and and so then we 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 need we need community, and so if it's something that that we need, then we need to actively pursue it. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, with that, and I just want to pause for one second in our conversation, because I think that kind of segues, speaking of, into an area where guys can actually maybe find some community, and that is the event that's coming up here Mm. very soon. Yeah. Um, We have coming up very soon on March 5th at uh, 8 a.m. in the chapel, the uh, Men's Saturday Reset event that's going to be coming up. Um, and I just want to touch on this real quick. Um, what can guys expect from this event? Uh, because it is a place where they could find maybe the beginnings of some community if they are maybe struggling with some of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, there. this has been a long time coming, this event. Um, so, but just in short, and then I can kind of backtrack if we if we could, but um, our our speaker, Jared Price, um, is is going to be talking about, he had wrote a book called Sold, uh, which talks about the marks of a true disciple. Um, and he's really seeking 
to draw out the Bible's teaching on the marks of a true disciple, Mm -hmm. not strategies, not ideas, not methods and which can all uh, get confusing, but what does the Bible define? What does Jesus define as the marks of a disciple? So um, I I would love to intro some of that if we can, but um, that's, uh, Jared is, um, I heard about Jared years and years ago. Uh, It's Nathan Coffey's brother-in-law. And as he would describe Jared, I was like, I think this guy's a superhuman. (laughs) (laughs) And then I began reading some of his bio and I was like, oh yeah, this guy's a superhuman. Uh, So, um, but yeah, just a few things about uh, Jared. He, um, he's married. He has uh, four daughters, which that's, that's crazy for little girls. Um, And I've actually gotten to meet them and uh, meet his wife, Janelle, and they are uh, absolutely uh, tremendous. Uh, Really, really amazing. But uh, they, uh, Jerry got married. He served as a youth pastor for about four years. Uh, He got his uh, education from Moody Bible Institute. He went to Southern uh, Seminary and got a degree in church leadership and then actually got a degree at Liberty University in leadership. Uh, and then he's currently working on his PhD uh, at Southern as well. All the while, uh, he is a naval officer and the U.S. military, which I just says a lot about him mm-hmm. and what he's currently doing um, and a lot of respect for him in that position. And he would have loved to be on this podcast to share some of this himself. Uh, so it's kind of hard to intro a guy because I know there's so much more to it, but I just want to, I got to meet him probably about two years ago. And when I did finally meet him, I was just struck. Uh, He just carried himself in such humble posture. Uh, He was uh, just really kind and thoughtful, relational, and he was just present with us in that moment. Mm -hmm. It was uh, a short time, but I just appreciated how he was just present. um, And even though he could top my story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was uh, just just carried himself in that very humble, humble way. Very cool. So, so he's going to be speaking. Yep. He's going to be sharing uh, about discipleship. Yeah. yeah. He'll actually be speaking twice that okay. morning, Saturday morning. Great. Great. And what else, what else is going to be going on? Uh, it's not just come and sit and, yeah. uh, and listen to, uh, to Jared. We got some other things uh, happening as well. Oh yeah, we've got um, a killer breakfast plan. <laughs> it's it's a huge spread. Um, when when guys show up, uh, we'll have we'll have coffee and donuts ready. Okay, that's um, the appetizer. Yep, that's just the intro to nice. it, right? And uh, and then we'll have a, the first session of Jared teaching. Um, then we'll take a break and have the big breakfast mm. that morning, um, which is is going to be. Uh, the same crew that used to do our monthly men's breakfast yeah, several yeah. years ago, they're uh, bringing the band back together. They are a gifted and, bunch. Yeah. And so they uh, have got a plan for a, a great spread of, of food. And um, after we're all then stuffed, we'll come back and uh, have the second session with Jared. Okay, fantastic. So come eat together, hear from Jared, and then we have some uh, optional activities in the afternoon if uh, people are curious about uh heading out and enjoying some time together yeah yeah and i think i would just conclude with this this is what uh jared kind of mentions that in the intro of his book but he he says this he says i will do my best not to frustrate you with little direction 
nor present such a plethora of information you become paralyzed in constant nervous analysis. Rather, I hope that through encountering God's word, you will be encouraged and convicted as you analyze your life through a non-negotiable statements from Jesus on what defines a true discipleship. And the conclusion from Jesus's plain words is simple. A true disciple will be sold out for Jesus. Mm. Amen. Well, that sounds like an amazing event and um, looking forward to that. Again, that uh, event is going to be on March 5th and we'll have details in the show notes as well as you can find them on the hub. But speaking of being a disciple, and then let's jump back into this conversation because we do have a few other things I want to touch on. I just felt like that was a perfect time to yeah. really talk about that event. Yeah. Um, but speaking of being a disciple and discipleship, um, the last section of those uh, values that we were talking about in leadership was embracing the mission. Yeah. And because we are not just about ourselves, we are not just about accumulating wealth and toys and trinkets. We're not even just about raising a good family that's going to be nice and kind to everyone. We're about something eternal. Mm-hmm. And that is what we are about. And really, that should drive us. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of our, our, our core. Yeah. And I think that when we, when this goes well together because it says pursue, not community, mm-hmm. but pursue biblical community. Mm-hmm. And it intentionally says that because we know biblical community is centered around the mission. Mm -hmm. That is the glue that brings us together, keeps us together. And that is the plan that God has ordained uh, through the bringing of his church together to see his name go across the earth, to Mm -hmm. see all things redeemed back to Jesus is through biblical community that is centered around the mission. So we must embrace that mission as followers of Jesus. Yeah. And and so when we say the mission, mm-hmm. it's kind of could be ambiguous to, yeah. to people. So we you know, we're talking about kind of how it's worded here at Heritage that we want to make disciples by living the gospel life among the nations. Mm-hmm. And that starts in our own family, mm-hmm. right? We want to we want to make disciples. We want to live the gospel life before our kids, um, in in our family, in the relationships that we have in the workplace, and here in the church that we're we're building that community around making disciples, uh, and then it may take us around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may take us to um, North Africa. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> and, hey, but who we'll would ever more, go to right? North Africa, right? Oh man. <laughs> but that even even there, that's rising out of biblical community. Yeah, that there's a, there's a, a team mm-hmm. going together with you know Isaiah and a team mm. um, going together to North Africa to to embrace this mission and and it's flowing from um, biblical community that's rising out mm. of abiding in Christ. Mm. And so together we want to um, we want to see that. Uh, taken you know outside the four walls of your home mm-hmm. like it's it's not it's not complete yeah if if it stays internal there but that we want to reach out to others yeah and i think that this point here is one of the core reasons that we're even doing this event is discipleship we are to um, go and make disciples of all nations well discipleship uh is a is a bit ambiguous word in a lot of people's minds. So 
Uh, I, through Jared's book that I've gotten to read uh, a lot, parts of it is uh, he really helps bring some clarity because mm-hmm. he even self admits in the beginning of his book that the discipleship was to him was like uh, a middle school girl trying to put up a tent, uh, getting lost among the poles and the clips where things fit into place. Uh, and he kind of draws that illustration out. Uh, and then he, the other illustration he gave, he said, it's like someone gave him a loaded gun and told him to shoot a target, but never told him where it was. Mm-hmm. And I kind of resonated a little bit through all this talk about discipleship to give some clarity to what is this mission. I want to know what I need to be doing in yeah. order to actually accomplish this mission that we are clearly called to do and is clearly what brings us together and clearly the purpose of our life and so forth. So uh, that's one of the reasons we want to step this way is look to Jesus does tell us clearly what those steps ought to look like. And um, as a community, how important that is that we embrace that, um, embrace it with our whole lives, not just part of our lives. So that's one reason we use that word is this isn't just uh, something I do every now and then like, this is something we embrace with our whole life. We yeah. live for the mission and then we work uh, and we do our ministry. Um, all of those centered around uh, embracing that mission. That's right. This is who we are in Christ. Yeah. This is who we are in Christ. So we've talked about some big principles or, or some big values uh, in uh, for men's ministry and men's leadership. Yeah. And these are some big things. Um Maybe guys are listening. Maybe they feel a little overwhelmed. Hmm. Um, this is a big task, right? And, and yeah, I, that'd be normal. <laughs> I will, I will confess, um, and I think you guys would probably say the same thing. It is a big job, mm-hmm. um, but we have a God who is e- eternally by our side. Um, we have a Holy Spirit who dwells yeah. with us in power, and so yeah. it is not without um, the strength that we need. God, God provides what we need. He also provides the principles and the direction that we need through his word, helping us and guiding us along that path. And Dave, I know you have some some leadership principles from actually the book of Nehemiah that may help us kind of have that path that, that help guide us along some of this trajectory to get started on this. Yeah. So why yeah. don't you share some of that? Okay. Yeah. I love the book of Nehemiah. I love to see um, how God uses um, Nehemiah to um, bring about his work in Jerusalem, the physical rebuild of the city of Jerusalem, and mm. and how he's um, he's orchestrated so many of these things to then use Nehemiah in the place where where he's put him um, through that through that work that God has done in Nehemiah. We have some really great examples of how to handle responsibility mm. um, in the way that Nehemiah has has done that. Nehemiah is exiled from Jerusalem, in fact, has grown up in exile Mm. and is really distant from his home nation that he wishes to see and wishes to hear grand reports of exciting things happening. And and the book opens with Nehemiah hearing a report of just the destruction Mm. of Jerusalem, and it overwhelms him. Mm. What we know to be the case because of seeing the whole story of Nehemiah is that God is putting in Nehemiah a responsibility to rebuild this city. And so when he hears that the walls are broken down and he hears that there's danger now in in 
the environment there with a city a city without walls was just right for the taking mm-hmm. of any army that would come. So they they needed to have the city rebuilt. And, and Nehemiah's response to this description is that he wept and mourned for days. Mm-hmm. It would be easy for Nehemiah to have some distance from what's going on in Jerusalem. Yeah. Like it's not really home, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, it's not where he's living. It's not where he's grown up. Not it's his not, problem necessarily. Yeah, yeah, he could let it go. But that's not what God's designed for him. And and I think that in the same way, when, when we understand the responsibilities that we've been given, we need to take passionate ownership mm. of those responsibilities. Mm. Nehemiah displays uh, what could be considered kind of an unnecessary level of passion yeah. to the story that he's just heard. I mean, you could have you could have a sense of responsibility and not weep and mourn for days. Yeah. And Nehemiah takes a very passionate ownership of the responsibilities mm-hmm. that he's understanding God to yeah. be putting on him. And I think that's the same for, for us in our families, in our communities that we're that we've been talking about this in this discussion. We need to take some ownership of of what's going on there. Mm-hmm. That when when God's given us that responsibility, it's important that that we take it seriously. Yeah. Sometimes those responsibilities get overwhelming. We talked about that, right? Oh, yeah. That that this is a big task. And so it would be understandable for us to try to escape that big task. Nehemiah's response, so I think, is one that we need to model, which is not just weeping and mourning for days, but Mm -hmm. continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Mm -hmm. That he knew where to go when the weight of responsibility was overwhelming, Mm -hmm. that he took that to God. And so should we in that abiding in Christ, that's where we can find rest even when the when the responsibilities feel overwhelming, that we bring those to God, that He has given us this and He will equip us for what He's what He's given us to do. Amen. Um, so Nehemiah evidently for several months prays before anything takes place. Um, and so, but in this one prayer is kind of a, a, a picture of his vision of what he's going to do, but also the level of ownership he's going to take. I mean, it's not just the passionate ownership that causes him to weep and mourn, but mm-hmm. but right in the middle of this prayer, he says that he's confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you, even I and my father's house have sinned. Wow. Nehemiah wasn't personally responsible for the exile, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he was pretty far separated from the things that took place to cause exile to happen. And yet, before God, he takes responsibility for the actions of multiple generations of people. Mm-hmm. Understanding that it's the return to God that's going to affect the change that he's been put in responsibility mm-hmm. to lead. So that he, instead of pointing fingers and saying, forgive the generations of people before me who have messed up. Yeah. He says, I and my father's generation, I and my father's house, we, the people of Israel, have done this. Mm. So he takes responsibility for those that are now going to be in his charge. Mm. And so as we, um, as we have what could be twisted as obstacles to our leadership or hindrances to it or difficulties in family 
or if it weren't for the problems in yeah. our social life around us or Finding the way excuses. my kids act or yeah. whatever, whatever ways we want to sort of shove off the, the weight of responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's actually, I think, the biblical model of, mm-hmm. of leadership here, taking responsibility for those that are in my charge. And we together need mm-hmm. to seek God in restoration or in developing our relationships to pursue then the mission together. Um, so Nehemiah displays that, and uh, and then he goes on through this prayer to to just show how how he wants to seek the restoration in the design that God has put. So mm-hmm. he rehearses the truth yeah. of what God has done in taking them to exile. Mm-hmm. That God was faithful to His word by mm-hmm. taking them to exile, and that now He's also recognizing that a return of His people will also be honored by God in the restoration of mm. Jerusalem, which is just phenomenal to be in that kind of relationship with God, owning owning the the effects of of what you have done, the mm-hmm. consequences, but to also trust in the faithfulness yep. of God um, in that. And hold it hold I mean really that is a holding fast to what God has spoken. Yeah. God spoke judgment over the people, that judgment has come to pass. But right. God had also spoken a rebuilding, a redemption, and that is about to occur. Yeah, and so he is stepping into that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think what, what you see here is really the opposite of often. A lot of times, I think maybe it's a cultural thing. I, I'm not sure, but the passivity of of men at many times that that makes or justifies inaction because what you were saying, because of obstacles, right. because of laziness, because whatever we want to, mm-hmm. we're very good at justifying ourselves. Absolutely. All Have the time. High skill levels. Yes, yes. It's uh, one of the things I'm really good at. Um, but here he doesn't make those excuses to your point. Right. He says, mm-hmm. this is what happened. I will take blame for that. Now it's time to, to hold fast to the truth of what God has said, the promises that he has spoken, and let's get to work. Right. And he, he does so, and we see that in the book. And uh, how awesome would it be that the men of heritage, yeah. the men of our community who have been redeemed by Christ, who are on mission to make disciples by living the gospel life among the nations, took hold of the promises of God, took hold of the truth that's in his word, and then went to work. Yeah. That we would truly see... God work in just unbelievable ways. And I, and I think we are. I think we are seeing that happen right. um, in ways that uh, have really even just caused us to be shocked. Yeah. yeah. I, this story is dramatic to me yeah. <clears throat> in so many ways. I mean, Nehemiah is a pretty prominent guy. He's a cupbearer to the king. So he could be obsessed in that world of his, mm-hmm. what he has, his wealth, his status, and be obsessed with like, how can I do my job better and just chase Mm -hmm. that? But instead, his obsession clearly is with the plan of God Mm -hmm. and with his heritage and his background and knowing the plan of God and even knowing the word to the level it does. So when he gets that news, it crushes him Mm -hmm. because that is what he's focused on. That is where his thoughts are going. So when he is gripped to the point of emotion, which many men are not easily, uh, move to emotion yeah. um he turns the right the right way 
uh, towards God in prayer and in humility, which we see in the Beatitudes. Blessed are those mm-hmm. who are poor in spirit. Blessed are those who are who mourn. Yeah. Blessed are those who are meek. And he displays all of those things. And he knows the word strong enough to even remind God in his prayer, hey, you said this to Moses, that if we return, that you will keep uh, your promise and that we will dwell with you again. And then he just prays for, Lord, would you hear my prayer mm-hmm. in, in just the most humble humble way. And he says, uh, to your servant who delights to fear your name. Mm-hmm. And then he prays for that success and that he would grant mercy. And I just think this is, this is such a good example of how one ought to live their life and how one ought to lead their life. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much. I think there's a lot of great stuff, uh, both in Nehemiah as well as just what we talked about in the the values of uh, biblical leadership. Um, Looking forward to the event coming up on uh, March 5th, of course, the uh, Men's Saturday Reset event. I would encourage you guys, if you are listening to this, Put it on your calendar. It's going to be in the chapel. Breakfast is going to be awesome. Come on. Jared Price is going to be speaking, a Navy officer and author of the book Sold. He's going to be sharing, and uh, there'll be some optional activities afterwards as well. You can build some community, get to know guys, hang out together, talk. Get ready. It's going to be fantastic. You can register online on the Hub. Also on the show notes page, we'll have all that detail there so guys thank you so much this has been a great discussion oh, yeah man. thanks mike for having us it's yeah stellar yeah well this has been another episode of the alongside podcast for more details on alongside including show notes past episodes and more you can visit alongsidepodcast.com also wherever you may be listening to this make sure you leave five star reviews so others can hear about alongside and be encouraged in their faith i'm your host mike crump thanks for listening and we hope that you'll join us next time as we continue to come alongside other followers of christ in order to have thoughtful conversations about the gospel, culture, and the church.